0: Well, brothers and sisters, it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Andrew Waller. I'm a member at Redeemer Presbyterian Church uh, here in Austin. been a member there for about 17 years. Um, I serve there as a small group leader and Sunday school instructor and also as kind of a preacher at large here in the South Texas Presbytery. Uh, I was thinking, you know, when Tim invited me to uh, come preach for you this morning, it's been about 18 years since I last worshipped at Christ the King. And so it's really uh, a great joy for me to see what God has done uh, over those 18 years to establish this community in this part of Austin. So it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, This morning we're going to be considering 1 John 2, verses 7 through 11. Hear now God's word. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandments but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says that he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, bless us as we approach your word, that through it we may see Christ of whom it speaks. It is in his name that we ask this. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about God's commandments? If you've read the book of Psalms, you've likely come across Psalm 119, one of the longest psalms that we have. And in that psalm, The psalmist says, O Lord, how I love your law. Over and over, over, the psalmist talks about how great God's law is. He says, Your law gives me life. It's a lamp to my feet, it's sweeter than honey. Do you feel that way about God's law, God's commandments? Can you say those words, O Lord, how I love your law? with as much joy as the psalmist. When we confess our sins, as we did just a few moments ago, we examine our lives in light of God's law. This is appropriate. But at the same time, it's easy for us to only think about God's commandments in this way, as a standard that we don't measure up to. The law communicates God's character to us. It shows us His will for our lives as His holy people. And yet, the bitterness of the law's condemnation can sometimes overwhelm the sweetness that Psalm 119 talks about. So, is God's law, His commandment, a source of light and joy for you? Or is it simply a burden? that only serves to point out your sin. 1 John is known for its ethical teaching, and here in chapter 2, John begins lacing up his boxing gloves. He's very serious about living in the light. He takes obedience to God's law very seriously. And this morning, John is going to teach us what it means to fulfill God's law. At this point in his letter, John's just finished telling us that Christ is our advocate. Jesus is the righteous sacrifice for our sins. His obedience unto death has freed us from our sin. And because we are now united to Christ by faith, we are called to live in obedience to God. John says, whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. In our text this morning, beginning in verse 7, John writes, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandments, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. So John is teaching us how we are to live as believers, and his message is grounded in the word that we have heard. As he says at the very beginning of 1 John, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This is the word, the message that John is talking about. God is light, and so as his people, we are to walk in the light. And this means obeying God's law because, as Psalm 119 says, the law is given to us by God as that light for our path. God's law reflects God's holiness and shines that reflected light into our lives. And for John, obedience to God doesn't just involve the law in general. John is pointing us to, as he says, an old commandment. He's pointing us to the oldest and most essential commandment in Scripture. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells us this same commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This, Jesus says, is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And if you've read the stories of the prophets in the Old Testament, the stories about Jesus in the Gospels, then you probably know that these two commandments are at the core of biblical ethics, how we are to live as God's people. You might think of passages like Micah 6.8. What does God require of us? simply to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. You've probably heard a popular summary of the Christian faith, which is to love God and love others. We're very used to hearing things like this, love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. So you might think, okay, John, you're right, that is an old commandment. I'm very familiar with that. Love God? Sure, I love God. Love my neighbor? Well, I don't really hate my neighbor. I do good things for other people. Try to do right by them, so that seems like enough. We can often be like the man in Luke 10. Sure, I keep the law, but who is my neighbor? What is the technical definition of a neighbor? Who am I required to care about? Who can I get away with disregarding? Our familiarity with these basics of biblical ethics can desensitize us to what God is calling us to do. We can become lazy in our obedience. But John says that this Old, familiar commandment is actually a new commandment. It is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. In John 13, Jesus himself gives us this new commandment that John is talking about, He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this new commandment, this law of love, begins with the work of God in Christ, This law of love is true in Christ because it is Christ, the Word made flesh, who first loved us and gave himself as the atonement for our sins on the cross. Jesus himself said that there is no greater love than that someone should give up their life for their friends. And that is exactly what Christ has done for us on the cross. While we were still In the darkness of our sin, Christ died for us. The same God who said, Let there be lights" in the beginning, came into the darkness of our sin to bring us the light of salvation. And so the law of love is true in Christ because he has already loved us in this way. But John also says that this new commandment this law of love is true in you as well. We are commanded by Christ to love one another just as he has loved us. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And so you are to love your brothers and sisters in Christ with the same self-sacrificing, darkness-invading, Obedient unto death love that Christ has loved you with. We are to imitate Christ in our love for one another. Dying to ourselves, taking up our cross daily. This is supposed to be the normal mode of operation for Christians. This is to be the case in all of our relationships with one another. John takes our obedience to this law of love very seriously. For him, this is the difference between walking in the light and walking in the darkness. If you think you love God, but you hate your brother, John says, you are not where you think you are. You might be in the wrong place and not even know it. In the Westminster Larger Catechism, question 135, outlines the duties that God requires of us in obedience to the sixth commandment, the commandment not to murder. Jesus himself says that if we hate someone, we are guilty of breaking this commandment. Listen to just a few of the things that God requires of us in obedience to to this commandment not to murder. Charitable thoughts, love, compassion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, peaceable, mild and courteous speeches and behavior, forbearance, readiness to be reconciled, patient bearing, and the forgiving of injuries, and requiting good for evil, comforting and succoring the distressed, and protecting and defending the innocent. And likewise, the Catechism's question 136 outlines the sins forbidden in the Sixth Commandment. Listen to a few of these. All excessive passions, distracting cares, provoking words, oppression, quarreling, striking, wounding, and whatsoever tends to the destruction of the life of any. This is a sobering list. If we think about it long enough, we'll see that the sin of Cain that we read about a few moments ago is alive and well in all of our hearts. And once again, the sweetness and bitterness of the law, the bitterness of realizing that we don't always do these things, and the sweetness of imagining what god's people would look like if we did do those things we need the help of the holy spirit to obey this law of love this sort of love a love that loves what god loves and rejects what god rejects is the sort of love that we are commanded to practice with one another we can't truly follow god if our lack of love is leading us into darkness The American theologian Charles Octavius Booth put it this way. He said, increase in the love of God and the love of our neighbor must go on together. One cannot increase in his love to God while there is decrease in his love to his neighbor, nor increase in his love to his neighbor while his love to God is decreasing. And so our obedience to this law of love is not founded on our own ability to fulfill it, but upon the work of Christ done on our behalf to bring us into the light. And so if you belong to Christ, then you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in this light. This commandment to love one another in this way, to walk in the light, is to be true by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, just as it is true in Christ. And why does John say this? Why is this law to be true in us, just as it is in Christ? He says the reason is that the darkness is passing away and the true light is is already shining. The darkness is where we were imprisoned by sin and death. But that darkness is being progressively banished by the light of Christ. Isaiah 9-2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. John 1, in Christ was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. And so, when we, as God's people, indulge in hatred, when we are slow to acknowledge and address the pain of others, when we fail in our obligation to our brothers and sisters to love them as Christ loved us John says that we are actually not just failing to live in the light but we are returning to the darkness And John develops this idea further over the course of his letter but do you know why making this point is so essential to him let's talk about Darkness and light can sound very religious to us, perhaps an interesting metaphor, but it can be easy for us to gloss over the importance of this. Do you know why it's so important that we understand the gravity of how we love each other? It's because the light is winning. The darkness is passing away. The true light is already shining. In his death on the cross, in his resurrection, Jesus began to conquer the forces of darkness and continues to do so through his people. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that at Christ's return, he will deliver the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And so until that last day, until that final destruction of our enemy death, as those who are united to Christ, the light of the world, we are called to shine the light of Christ into a world that is still dark. How are people who are blinded by darkness going to see the light of Christ? How will the world know that the law of love is true in him and in us? Jesus says that by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And like so many of the things that John has to teach us, this is so simple but so important. God first loved us and now commands us to love one another as he loved us so that through us the world might see the light of Christ. I want to tie this to something that you do every week here in worship. The passing of the peace Why do we do this? Why do we stop in the middle of a perfectly good worship service and greet one another? Are we just spending a few minutes saying hello to people? Is this perhaps an introvert's worst nightmare? Maybe. But is that actually what we're doing? Are we just saying hi? It's not just a time to greet one another. We aren't just shaking hands and saying hello because it's a brotherly or sisterly thing to do. On Sunday mornings, we confess our sins together. We are reminded of our forgiveness in Christ. God shines the light of his holy word upon us. And then, by passing the peace, by expressing our unity together in Christ, we reaffirm that because we are forgiven, we are at peace with God and we are also at peace with each other. And so as we worship God together, we pause, we look one another in the eye. And remind each other that the peace of Christ, our union with him, is not just a superficial thing. There is a horizontal element to this peace, this unity. When you say, may the peace of Christ be with you, you affirm to the person across from you that you are covenantally bound together in Christ as brothers and sisters it is then that we feast together on the body and blood of Christ. Not as individuals, but as those who, through the power of the Holy Spirit, have been made obedient to this law of love. In our ancient creeds, we confess that we believe in the communion of saints, And that isn't some nebulous spiritual reality. It's something that is real and concrete. It's something that we are called to live out, to express in our life together. And when we talk about the communion of the saints, we mean that as believers, we all share in the gifts of Christ as members of his body and that we are all duty-bound to sacrificially use the love that Christ has given to us for the benefit of our siblings in Christ. The communion of saints isn't out there. It's in this room. And it's founded on our Christ-like love to one another as we together obey the law of love. And so, as we confess this truth in a few moments, as we go out today in the peace of Christ, let's renew our commitment to tangibly manifest that Christ-like love in our life together. Friends, the light is winning. Let's walk in that light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have sent Christ the true light into this dark world. We pray that as we live the life of faith together, you would send your Holy Spirit to spur us on in our obedience to the law of love. Bind us together in Christ so that his light may be reflected in our families, in our churches, and in our communities. It's in his name that we ask this. Amen.